0: And Welcome to another episode of So Jaded. Once again, I'm Jade Rodriguez. Nice to meet you. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to quickly send my love and my support and my encouragement to everyone who is out there fighting the good fight for Black Lives Matter. I want everyone to go and donate, put your money where your mouth is, protest, sign as many petitions as you can. It is not enough to just hashtag. It is not enough to just post on social media. You have to put in the work every single day to understand why this fight is necessary and understand why so many people are hurting right now. I love you all. Let's spread that love, spread that joy, but also go out there and encourage and motivate your friends and family to do this work and to help those right now who really, really need it. Okay, so let's dive in. Today's episode is all about the wonderful show that is Fleabag, which was created by the genius Phoebe Waller-Bridge. The show actually lasted two seasons and can currently be watched on Amazon Prime, so get to it if you can. We try not to spoil too much for you in this episode, but definitely watch. This is a show that focuses on its female protagonist, Fleabag, as she struggles through relationships, her family, and her own mental health. I will be joined by my friends Sarah Gibney and, once again, Tristan Bigler, and this is a good one, so get comfy and let's get into it. So much to say any more. Cause I got no words
1: coming out of my mouth. I think that you think that I think we're all good, but I know you.
0: So, hello. Um So nice to see both of you. Um, so, I know both of you know, today we're talking about Fleabag, which I'm yes. super love to talk about. I've been thinking about it a lot because um, it's such an amazing show. First off, I guess I want both of you to introduce yourselves because like... For voice purposes and just like who to. <laughs> um, Tristan's back. <laughs> yes,
1: Hello? back better than ever. By <laughs> <chilly demand. laughs> um, I'll introduce myself first. So, I'm Tristan, obviously. Um, I am a senior at Pace University. I guess we can still consider ourselves seniors. Like, who knows what's Ugh. happening right now? Sad. Um, but I have been obsessed with Sleeve Bag for like a year and think it's just a really revolutionary show that transcends so many different um like stereotypes and things about other shows and um yeah huge Phoebe waller Bridge fan.
0: Yeah and it's your thesis. Yeah
1: it is I'm writing my, my honors thesis about it. Mm-hmm. It's me just being like, and another thing about I, there's not really a lot of structure <laughs> I'm just kind of writing what I want to <laughs> Oh
0: wow <well. laughs>
2: Hello, I'm Sarah. I am a communications and film student at Pace. Still, I guess, I also don't know what's going on. With all that. <laughs> um, but I am somebody who is looking to go into the film industry, either producing or writing or something like that. So um, I specifically uh, really love Content that is created by women, I've I've found as I've grown up, and um, <laughs> Fleabag is definitely one of those shows that I think I connect with and I enjoy because it was created by a woman.
0: Iconic, yep. okay. Yes. <laughs> let's let's jump on in. Okay, let's do it. So. Today, I feel like when it comes to Fleabag, one thing that's really important to talk about is obviously like the direct address. Like, we'll definitely mm-hmm. talk about that because it's so important to the show. Mm-hmm. But also, just Fleabag on her own. She's a woman who's really struggling, uh, losing her best friend, and the Ooh. ways that she deals with that is really, really intense and just like um, really specific to her character just in the show mm-hmm. in general compared to the others that are on the show. But I still think it's something that a lot of us can focus on, which is why I consider her a really dynamic female character. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I guess, like, how would each of you describe Fleabag? Like, if someone's never seen the show before and you're like, you should watch this, like, what would you say about it and about her?
1: Um I assuming that I could give spoilers or if I could know like
0: talk a little (laughs) bit about
1: like the ending, I would definitely, I've I've told everybody that I tell the show about, I tell them get past episode three because even I like Mm -hmm. watched the first three episodes and I was like, okay, we get it. She's quirky and she likes to have sex. But I didn't really feel like there was anything deeper than that. Mm -hmm. But it gets, as we all know, just drops us out of our asses in the Mm -hmm. second half (laughs) of the show. Um, But I think she's a really... Uh, post-feminist character at the beginning, like uh, post-feminist characters are often ones that like they live in materialistic lives and they're just kind of looking for Mr. Right, but they don't really have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. And so that's how she's presented in the first half of the season. She's like looking for sex and looking for um, love and like she has her little cafe, but she's not, she doesn't really have a problem with any of that. She's just making jokes out of it. And then in the second half, um, it, she starts to reveal that she actually is struggling a lot, not only with like the sexist society. I think that's like a big part of it, but also just her own destructive behavior. Like mm-hmm. the, they're becoming actual real issues. It's not just a comedy to her anymore. Um, so I would just like, if I had to give one sentence, I would describe her as like a very witty, funny character who is dealing with a lot of intense issues um, that I think we can all relate to. And to her, her journey through that is, different from any one I've seen on TV.
0: Yeah, I would
2: definitely agree. I think that I would describe her kind of like as a modern day woman in a way, just because Mm. I think Ah. there's so much that goes along with like not only being a woman, but being like a human. But I do think that women in the gendered society that we live in, like deal with a different different types of issues layered and Uh, nuanced in different ways. And a lot of that does revolve around sexuality and Mm -hmm. having sex and who we choose to have sex with and um, how much sex we have. And um, for her to be somebody navigating that while also dealing with very real human emotions like grief and, and a death and also just having trouble with your family. I, I think that was another thing too, that I yeah, really, yes. um, watching her experience, like was one of the more relatable things to me was just yeah. that sometimes it's really hard to be even just like somebody's daughter or somebody's sister.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I feel like so those true. are things
2: that you don't really get to see a lot of, um, which I appreciate that she does explore that as well in this.
0: Yeah. yeah. You really and struggle- totally, she totally struggles being herself yeah, in front of her yes. family.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And she's definitely a modern woman. When you said that, do you, do you remember the part
0: where she's like, we're modern, modern women. women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very, so very good.
1: Modern. Oh <laughs> gosh. I mean,
0: do you guys feel like you can, like you, I mean, you kind of already said, like you do see, you can relate to her. I guess like, what mm-hmm. are the parts of her that we like see ourselves in? I mean, like I've, in the past, I mean, everyone mourns really differently and she Mm -hmm. uses comedy and she uses a lot of times just like she sacrifices her own well-being in a way to kind of just forget about what she's dealing with. Like she makes those sacrifices. But I mean, like, how do we like see that in everyday life or like... I don't know, just in general.
1: I definitely think like making a joke out of deep things that happen to you and trying mm-hmm. to lay everything out very objectively um, mm-hmm. is something that I relate to a lot. When she first talks about booze death in the back of that cabin, she's like, oh yeah, she killed herself. She like jumped in the bike lane and she just like total lack of emotion just presents the facts. It's really like jarring for the audience. Um, but really relatable for me. And she also talks about her mom's death in the same way. She's like, Oh yeah, she had giant boobs. She never really recovered, blah, blah, blah. Like there's (laughs) just a little bit of like sarcasm or just like wit in her voice.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so she uh, externally acts like everything is fine, but we definitely see her, her behavior. Like something is not right. The way she's like jumping from person to person and can't stand being alone. Um, are signs of, that she's dealing with something, something much deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I relate to a lot, like trying to put up a front to other people, but to yourself, Mm -hmm. just, you know, struggling a lot.
2: Yeah. And that way of like putting up a front, I think I definitely like see a lot of myself and like, it's like, she doesn't want to show weakness. And I I feel like even when I'm experiencing uh, negative emotions or or things that are upsetting me, I, I try to I don't, I don't, for some reason, like people to know that I'm, you mm-hmm. know, experiencing those mm-hmm. negative emotions. And right. I, it's just a personal pressure that I feel to remain positive. Uh, Cause I am a generally positive person or whether it has something to do with like being a woman and not wanting to be seen as overly mm-hmm. emotional. Um, right, yeah. I, I definitely think, yeah, that, that suppression almost of of negative feelings rather than just dealing with them and and using kind of anything she can to distract herself is something yeah. that I feel like is very uh, recognizable not only uh, for myself but I feel like I've also know people who who that's also how they go about things because it is it almost feels like a modern day woman type thing to do <laughs> we're not yet to a place where I think hmm. some of us feel fully comfortable being as honest um as very little people can be uh yeah Yeah. and then again for me it's like also i think just like struggling with people's perception of you versus how you feel Mm. i mean devoid of of any type of emotion just that she feels like she can't Really, be herself, except for the camera. And I think, in the way, even yeah. though we're the camera, we're seeing that the camera is also just like herself. And sometimes I almost feel like it's her talking to herself. Like, I don't yeah, know if yeah. You guys yeah. Ever have like things that you kind of feel like are just funny between Internal you monologue. and you. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's kind yeah. of like her relationship with herself, and like the yeah. reason we're able to see ourselves as herself is because she's showing us who she really is even though the people who actually in her life don't
1: get to see it I also love the use of the flashbacks throughout the show when she whenever she thinks about boo they come at uh, like really specific times like either something will remind her like her pants or she looks at that yeah. pencil at that one point and she'll remember that but also they happen at um, when she's feeling particularly dejected like after at, in the first episode that woman like says you naughty boy like blah, blah blah I'm not going home with you and then she immediately has a flashback of Boo and she also thinks of her when um at the end after she finds out that Claire and Martin are still together at this exhibition mm. and then she goes in the back and starts like downing champagne and she's having flashbacks of her and Boo so those flashbacks are really I think crucial to her character like she's thinking a lot about Boo um and mourning over her and remembering the love that they had but she's hiding it from the from the from the people in her life. Only we are able to see that because it's we have this like special insight into her life. But that was another big thing. Like we know that she's thinking about her a lot and she's just not talking about it. And that's another thing. She says that exact phrase comes at the end when she's like, everyone's feeling this way and they're just not talking about it. That's gotta be yeah. or a, a female thing. Like we're thinking about a lot of things and we're just not talking about it. Exactly. Yeah.
0: What's her sign?
1: Sorry, <laughs> 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 is a cancer. Phoebe's I don't know cancer. about flea bag, but Phoebe's a cancer. Yes, yes. Water sign for sure.
0: <laughs> I know. I was thinking, I was like, I, as a Pisces, like, I feel that, like, your mind is just moving, like, oh, oh, oh. a million miles an hour and, like, you're constantly just, like, daydreaming and, like, always in mm-hmm. your head and, like, mm-hmm. your mind can take you to, like, so many different places and, like, we see that so much with her, which is, like. Right. But then you don't exactly yeah.
1: externalize it. You're just thinking about it yeah. yourself. Yes, no,
0: I yeah. I see that for all of you. And her <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We've been talking a lot about like her herself, but I mean, I guess going into a little bit more of like her relationship with her family because we talked about that like mm. a little bit. I don't know. I feel like it's interesting to talk about because her relationship just with her sister is like yeah, mm, so, so complex, so complex, and mm. and I don't know. I feel like it just gives us a lot to think about. Like, do you think you can see that type of relationship in your life. I mean, I know they're really quirky and like wild, (laughs) but like I even see like the ways that I relate to that, even like the relationships with my own sisters.
2: Mm. Yeah. I feel like I definitely, I think the thing that the two of them struggle with is like, so they grow up together and they have these I think the thing that I'm noticing that I struggle with with my siblings and my family is that mm. it's it's hard for your family to recognize when you've when you've mm. changed or when you've grown or when you've developed. So mm. it's like in my mind, you know, my brothers are always gonna be these like little boys running around with not a care in the world and who are just doing things to aggravate people and like trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah. And right. for them, I'm always, you know, they're overdramatic, like sister who's like doing too much and is very particular. So I think people get stuck with their siblings in that way. Like you have to actively try, you have to actively recognize that they've grown up and that who they are. So for both Claire and Fleabag, I think that they see each other as younger versions of themselves and they judge Mm -hmm. each other for things and ways that they've acted in the past without recognizing how they've changed. And I feel like in season two, we get to see that they're recognizing that in each other and they're encouraging each other to Mm -hmm. be better, more Developed versions of themselves. But in season one, I think a lot of the clash comes from a lot of like preconceived notions on both their ends. Like Fleabag always thinking that Claire needs things a certain way and needs to be perfect and like is perfect and like doesn't have any room in her life mm-hmm. for somebody like Fleabag who needs a little more time mm-hmm. with things. And yeah. for Claire, Fleabag is just this rambunctious, like a mess. Uh, who, who just can't be tied down and isn't helpful. So that's why it's hard for her to believe Fleabag when Fleabag is like, Mm -hmm. um, your husband hit on me and you should dump his ass.
0: And, um,
2: (laughs) that's why I think that's what their main point of struggle is. It's, it's kind of hard for them to trust each other because they're so focused on bad behavior from the past in a way or like, their past selves. And it's really hard to move forward. And I think that's the thing I most see reflected in my own life with my siblings. I don't have a sister, but even with my brothers, like it's, it's, that's, I think like the number one thing is just like, I'm always going to be the person I was at like 10 years old to them in a way. And it's hard to move past that.
1: Also, like, I think with family, I've been thinking about this a lot. Your family just inevitably often sees the worst side of you. Um, because like, you are in close quarters with them through like your childhood when you're not really self-aware yet and stuff. So I think a lot of people's families, including what you were saying, like Claire and her family think that this version of Fleabag, which is her worst version is like her true self, even though we Mm -hmm. know, I think like the audience is her real true self. Like, you know, these little like witty remarks that she has and stuff, that's her real self, like wanting to be clever and funny, but her family never really gets to see that. So they just think that she's like this depressed mess of a character. They like assume the Um, worst of
2: her, which I think makes her, her grieving process harder. Cause even, even with Claire in that last episode, she's so awful and judgmental about the situation. And I think she thinks Fleabag can handle it, but it really is what drives her to like a breaking
1: point because she has, she's very soft about like, it's, it's a very Mm -hmm. touchy subject for her, but. Um, The way that her family is so they would call this like very British. Like they never talk about their issues mm, at the table. No. My immediate family, I don't think I can say I relate to that. We're pretty like direct Open, and upfront, yeah. and we'll just like yeah. start fights, you know, whenever. But my mom's family. So my my dad is Japanese. My mom is white. And on my mom, like that is to a T exactly. Like it's oh. just like little bits of of deep issues like mentioned at the dinner table, and then everyone's like. Anyway, well, like this is really delicious. Like it's so (laughs) a a family, like a proper family thing to do. I think. Mm. Um, So when my when I was watching it with my mom, she was like a little bit like I can't think of a word besides triggered, but she was like, "This is just too close to what my family is like." That's pretty.
0: I was, I guess, yeah. Like going off of that, I was going to say, I always think about this season two. Opener episode. Dinner? Oh my like, god! That, oh, so you good. guys, episode that, is so good. That, that, has,
2: that has to be the episode best episode of TV ever written. Like yeah. that just was. It I that was the honestly one of my favorite episodes of TV I've ever seen. Oh I will god. go back and rewatch just that episode. It's so oh, good. It's so so good.
0: so good, and you can see how they just constantly are just like passing each other. Like she is wanting Mm. to show her family that she can be her own person. Mm -hmm. She can be helpful. Like you obviously see her, Like she wants to help Claire through this. And instead it's just like, they are never understanding each other. And it's so, so wild. That episode is so good.
2: And that's what I was thinking that of too so when weird. I was saying that they they yeah, really um, can't let her live beyond her, yeah. her worst self. They can't they they are they, can't, sh- they struggle. They expect the worst of her. Like even right, if they she can't get her better right now. Debt. Yeah, even if she is doing better right now, they can't expect that she'll continue that way or like it's always like remarks and stuff and especially even with Claire which just makes me I I mean I obviously their relationship gets better as the season goes on but it's really hard I think to see them in that place where they're not talking they're not they're barely looking at each other things are not very friendly um and Claire is again just like expecting the worst of her it's 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 hard to
1: see it hard yeah you're right
2: (laughs) And again, she's just – but she's still keeping – that's the thing is, like, she still has the – the. it's like a – I think it is a type of resilience or strength to then still be, like, joking about it or be sitting at a dinner table when people are uh, poking at you or, you know – saying little (laughs) remarks at you and you still just like are sitting there just like doing your best like yes I think it speaks to her
1: resilience I just have to point out I'm laughing I'm not thinking about what they're all (laughs) <laughs> they're all like talking and she looks at the camera she's like no one's asked me a question in 45 minutes no literally like then the priest asked her a question but that's so funny it's either so she's being
2: no ignored person. or she's being right like judged, judged. it's right, just right, right. it's a really hard place to be especially with your family yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely so
0: true. no, it's <laughs> no true. one's asking and- a question in 40 minutes
1: <laughs>
2: And she says that she's just like happy, and she's like, "No, it's (laughs) okay." It's just like she's like, "This is what I expect." Right, right, right.
0: (laughs) No, honestly, that's so so true. (laughs) And I feel like I'm either. Because, I mean, like, she's not a normal character. She's going, and of Mm. course, it's a TV show. Like, things are going to have to be a little bit more, you know, out there for us to be, like, entertained by it or whatever. But I still see both of my sides, like, in her. Like, there will be times where I'm just like, I will just say whatever I want to say off the top of my head. And it's like such a flea bag thing to do that. And other times mm-hmm. it's like you're ignoring like what you really want to say. And it's like yeah. the opposite side of that. So yeah. I mean, definitely no matter what, you can like relate, relate to, to some side of her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very true.
0: But I mean, I'm sure Tristan, I guess like what have you talked about in your thesis when it comes to her relationship with like sex and how she uses that like as her own source of power or even just like get through her feelings? Yeah.
1: Um, so obviously she comes across at the beginning as a really sex positive character, right? Like mm-hmm. she's shown having a lot of sex, she's masturbating, she's buying sex toys and watching porn and stuff. Um, but she doesn't, we learn later that she doesn't really seem to be using sex to really like explore and embrace her own body. She's kind of, she's never really enjoying it with her partners. She's always just doing it for their, for their attention, like to, to benefit them, so that they will in return give her attention. Um, even like in the very last episode when she's having sex with asshole guy is what he's <laughs> referred to. <she's> like, <laughs> like they're they're in the middle of having sex and she's like, stay sexy, always stay sexy. She says to the camera, and it's like, girl, like you're you're literally there, like you're already doing what you try, you're, what you came to do. You're still worried about yes. what he's thinking about you. She's just never, it's never really like a healthy relationship, um, mm-hmm. at least in the first season, and um, I think that that is like they she's at this point in history, honestly, where like, because of the waves of feminism that came before her, she has enough control over her life. And like her story, she like both her and her sister have pursued careers that they want to and like they have plenty of money and stuff. And so she's kind of expected to just be like, happy and content. And but she's still sort of expected to be like this compliant wife to men like, like she's, she's been taught that the only way to gain to find happiness is by getting attention from men. Um, mm-hmm. Which at the beginning, that's what she's doing. And she's pretending like she's happy with that. She's like, this is this is the way out and I'm fine with it. But then at the end, she's obviously not. And it's like the only character I've ever seen that admits that there is like a deep institutionalized problem with like the, the way that women are always expected to be like beautiful and content with what they're doing. And she also admits that she's stuck in that trap. Like she's not othering women who are, who are doing that she's saying like I'm in this 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 cycle of misogyny and mm-hmm. I don't know how to get out um so I guess in one sentence like using her young attractive body as the main source of her happiness didn't in, in ironically is what made her miserable mm-hmm. in the like in the end
2: yeah what is I one think of the main it Oh, interesting about her relationship with sex is that her having sex with somebody she shouldn't have or kind of engaging in, in that behavior is what kind of set into motion the most traumatic thing that has arguably ever happened to her and the reason right, right. why she's feeling so out of control. So I, I think it's so interesting that it's the thing that she's trying to use to reestablish control, which is mm-hmm. in in a sense of like, too, I, I completely agree with what Tristan's saying in the sense that like, it's almost it's it. There, she's not doing it for her own pleasure in a way. It seems like like she's not doing it to like enjoy it and to actually have a very positive relationship with it. It mm-hmm. is. It's almost a distraction or a coping mechanism, or or a way that she's trying to say I'm in control, but she still maybe is not, and and it's maybe not the best thing for her to be doing.
0: Very backwards. It is, and yeah. I keep on thinking like. I I guess, like, it's weird. Obviously, I'm not judging anyone, but I know people who have started watching the show. I just think it's interesting to know, like, people mm-hmm. who have started the show and really, really judged her. Like, mm. not even knowing not even understanding where she's coming from not even like finishing her story arc and like seeing how this character can develop like people watch Mm -hmm. the first couple of episodes and they're like she's too much like I Mm -hmm. don't even want to understand her and i I think it's it's i don't know it's just something to note, like how we are constantly Mm -hmm. judging each other and like this character who has gone through so much and she has Mm -hmm. reason to be doing what she's doing in her own mind like she has decided that this is what she needs in order to like not go crazy Mm -hmm. um yeah and it's crazy how often she's judged
2: Yeah. Exactly. She's such an easy character to judge. And even if she didn't need like any type of physical attention, even if she just like wanted it and she was going out and living her life, like, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that we don't see characters like her. Like, just as women, Mm -hmm. it's so easy for even women to judge her and to understand her sometimes. Because these are not media representations that we get to see. Like Fleabag, I don't think is a show that would have been on TV 20 years ago, let alone 10 years ago. So part of what makes it so good is that it is like filling in that, that representation that needs to be there. But unfortunately what comes along with that is even as women, I feel like we are so um, conditioned to see very like one-sided characters. So if we see a character in a movie who's just like having sex with a bunch of people and like whatever, for whatever reason, like it's in, in those movies, it is just because she's out of control or she doesn't care about people or, or, um, it's, she's being selfish or something like that, but we're not used to looking into the nuances of it or like un- having a deeper understanding of it. So even for us to see it sometimes is like, I think a hard thing to understand, but I really hope that, uh, you know, as, as television and, mm-hmm. and Media in general continues to develop. We will see more characters like Fleabag because there's plenty of women that can relate to her in that sense and using yeah. an external, um, an external activity to to try to imbue control and and have their lives feel like they're going a little bit smoother or just honestly companionship or whatever reason yeah. it may be. Um, I think it's it's definitely something that now is still really easy to judge. And I'm sure I had a moment where I was watching it where I was like, girl, is this really necessary? Like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. uh, but even so i definitely like, get that.
1: She's even she's critical of herself. Like she also realizes at the end. Yeah. I'm surprised like I would be surprised if people watched the entire first season and still said the same thing about her because Um, like at the beginning she's unapologetically just like doing all this reckless behavior and so I get people can watch that I'd be like this is unhealthy I don't want to support this kind of behavior but by the end even herself she's really like critical of her of her own behavior so it's interesting like it's this behavior that we haven't really seen on television but even she's like there's a problem with this Like this isn't how women should be seeking attention they should be doing something more for
0: themselves Phoebe Waller-Bridge, man. She, I feel like Phoebe she's really done that. She's always, doing that. Like she, <laughs> she's always she, <laughs> doing that. Like, even when I think about Crashing, even, which Ooh, yes. for anyone who doesn't know is a show that's on Netflix right now. She only did one season of it. But, like, she – what's her character's name again? Lulu. Lulu. I was going to say Lola for some reason. Lulu, <laughs> like, she's also just, like – She's a very easy character to judge. You hate Lulu, don't mm. you?
1: Yeah. Oh, she's so selfish. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't like her. I mean I know, but
0: she's she an can interesting. Still, she's really interesting. And even though we can dislike her, like she still breaks my heart. I'm like mm. this poor. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like she is in love in such deep, mm. deep love and just like can't admit it and like lashes out right. because of that. It's like So so crazy. But like right. But there's like
1: she gives like validity to all of her characters. Like there's a a relatable reason for why they're doing it. Yeah. I definitely see Lulu as like a very complex character. I just wish she was better at like fucking handling. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's stressful. I know. But I love her (laughs) as a character.
0: Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like Phoebe just like she really focuses on that, which is really, really cool.
2: Yeah. And yeah. I think Phoebe, even too, when, when she did um, Killing Eve, I mm-hmm. almost feel like those are not characters we're used to seeing in a way. Like, I feel like, and I don't want to be this person, but like, I feel like it's what is so important about having women writing things or mm-hmm. being part of creative teams is that you get real women in shows. Like, right. mm-hmm. I, I just feel like there's so many, like, TV shows or movies Uh that you don't really get to see the full depth of, of a person sometimes. And, um, it's, it's, and it's an an ongoing thing that is, is being solved. But, um, especially if you look back at like blockbuster movies, like 10 years ago, like women are only there to kind of, maybe they need help for a plot point. Maybe like it's just to look at them and, I think it's really great to start to see more entertainment that is like being widely celebrated. That is like written by a woman, especially a woman like Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's right, a, genius, a brilliant woman yeah. and um,
1: is a really there, great writer. I think there's a lot of female characters. Like, of course, the ones back in the day were just completely one-dimensional, not really had a, not really having a lot of like depth or purpose. Um, but then in the more recent times, there's been characters that are there. Um, like female characters that are really independent and like Mm -hmm. strong, but then they're still totally fine with just being like settling down with a man who often is like, not really that impressive, like might have a lot of (laughs) issues himself, but even if he didn't, it's like this partnership, like this woman has no issue settling down with this man. And I think that's like a really dangerous stereotype that is expected of other women. Like you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. completely independent and doing your own thing, but also completely fine with being, being with a man.
0: Well. We have like less than 10 minutes left, Um, but I, okay, I want to just quickly, I mean, we have talked about um, the direct address, but I guess, Mm. can we just like quickly say a little bit more how it helps Fleabag's story? Does it hurt her story? Um, Does it make her seem even more relatable to us?
2: I think it is um, it's so great because it really helps us as the audience like if we didn't have the direct address I don't think we would fully see Fleabag like as a character like she wouldn't be fully fleshed out like if somebody were to go in and like edit out all the times where there is the direct address you would just have somebody who's very uncomfortable around their family and then who (laughs) is just like having random interactions with men that yeah. are super nice to her and it, it, you would lose the like personness of it or that's not the right like you would her lose the character and I love I love the way it develops into the second season mm-hmm. and how it the second season further establishes the camera as her true self um when she's you know finally able to uh connect with the priest and he sees her, he sees her like it's so plain Mm. and clear. It's just, I think it's so fabulously written that like, it's just a metaphor for him being able to really see her for who she is and like still wanting to be around. And it's something that to watch her, be shaken by it and be uh, <laughs> to be so like uncomfortable in a way. And then she's messing up her words and she's saying she's, it's harder for her to step yeah. in and out of the two worlds. Right. Um, it's such a great thing to see develop. So I, I definitely think the direct address um, helps her develop as a character, but it also helps us see who she really is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think her relationship with the camera gives her the agency to make this story like of course different than any other story. But um, when I was writing my honors thesis, I found that a lot of female unreliable narrators have received a lot of criticism from like feminist critics who say Mm. that they perpetuate dangerous stereotypes because most of the female unreliable narrators are either like mentally unstable or they're like alcoholics and they have impaired memory or they're just like lying to protect their own ass. Mm. Like they have a lot of things wrong with them. Fleabag is different because she has control over her medium like she's she's deliberately telling the story in a yes. like to, to mislead yeah. the audience and the only other example of a character I can think of that does this is Amy from Gone Girl but specifically in like the book version because the, the movie version is told from like a third person point of view but in the book yeah. she's she's writing her diary and so she's she's aware of her role as a narrator and she's aware that she can mislead the audience she's and think whatever using she it. wants to do. right, But she's obviously like <laughs> a villainous, like evil genius, like yeah. psychopathic character. Whereas Fleabag Lies, she's misleading because she's ashamed of herself, right? It's, yes. it's not like bad intention. She's not like trying to lie. She's just really apologetic and regretful and ashamed of what she's done. And she, so that relationship with the camera, like she's only able to to show that depth of herself, like that that deep regret, because she has control over the camera, which makes her different from any other female yeah. unreliable narrator that I could find evidence of. And it well, also juxtaposes. Yeah. Sorry, one more thing. Also juxtaposes <laughs> the different the the difference between uh, her her control over her story and then her lack of control, like. In, in her life, life and over yeah, like, institutional life, misogyny and things mm-hmm. like that yeah yeah very interesting as an audience member
0: and it's really it's really really lovely to see someone like Phoebe mm-hmm. use this tool for mm-hmm. a reason Like not just because it looks good or because it looks cool or whatever, because she wants to impress people. She's doing it with the intention of giving her character her own voice. Yeah. I definitely think there's been a lot of um,
2: direct address recently, like in movies (laughs) that I've seen and, it's mm. just so that I, it's written just so that they're charming and funny and like whatever right. but it yeah. doesn't yeah. actually do anything for it the story serve. it's yeah. just right. a that way of storytelling so, so yeah. yeah it's great to see PB like use it for sure for right. real like, yeah. as have, like, a, as a, a have a reason and I, I watched yeah. an interview where she even said she was like I wasn't gonna come back for a second season mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I didn't have a reason to use the camera so once I you know the reason season to exist is because she you know thought of the idea of how to use the camera with the priest and with that relationship developing um, mm-hmm. but i just think that's so interesting that she wasn't just going to write a season 2 to write a season 2 and i,
1: I right yeah she always has to have this like poof, had a reason, reason. Oh. <laughs> yes she's,
0: she's crazy so like that um Okay, I want. I know Tristan said last time she got to kind of like say what she kind of thinks of as dynamic, but Sarah, I would love to hear mm-hmm. quickly what you consider a dynamic character. What does that mean to you? How do you define it? Yeah, I think
2: really honestly straightforward for me in terms of dynamic characters, like in visual media in particular, because like books are a lot better at this, <laughs> um, but visual media in general, like a, a fully fleshed out character, like somebody that I feel like I know who is not just there, but who's struggling with something. I think struggles are the thing that make us human and that make us feel real and mm-hmm. um, So to be able to see women that are actually struggling, I think that is what makes a character dynamic because it's real life Mm. and that, that gives the layer and depth and, um, the ability to understand what they're actually going through.
0: Yeah. Well, I had a lot of fun talking to both of you. You I really, really appreciate it. Fleabag is such an exciting show and I hope everyone gets to experience it because it's just really, really great to see so
2: it's such a great thank show you everyone go watch it yes so. of course thank you for having <laughs> us thank you so much i love you both i love, love you too jade i can't wait to hear this back <laughs>
1: yes.
2: so, oh,
0: totally. won't you break my heart?